you were the first church that I got to see on video after we were coming out of the pandemic, and I, uh, hearing you sing made quite an impression. I, I realized how much I'd missed congregational singing during the pandemic, and you were making beautiful music through singing with a mask on, which made it all the more amazing. And uh, that's the first time I've ever sung that hymn, and it, the hymn kind of says better than I do in the sermon, what I'm trying to say in the sermon, but thank you. And uh, well, uh, in the scripture for this morning from Mark's gospel, uh, Mark opens the gospel by saying, great crowds were following Jesus. Wow, Jesus is becoming a success. Great crowds were clamoring after Jesus. And that's a surprise because in Mark's gospel, Jesus has mainly encountered nothing but opposition and incomprehension and downright hostility. Why now has Jesus become a celebrity, become popular? Maybe we're about to learn. Mark says that a woman, a desperate woman who has suffered from horrible hemorrhaging for 12 years, she's not only suffered this illness, but Mark says she has suffered from diverse physicians. Some of you know what that's like. You go from doctor to doctor, they don't know what's going on, they don't give you any help. Well, you can identify with this woman. And she pushes her way through the great thong and she says, I don't want Jesus to say anything to me. I don't need him to do anything. I just, if I can just touch the hem of his robe, I shall be healed. And she does that. And she is healed. Last Sunday, I noted that in Mark's gospel, the favorite word for Jesus is rabbi, teacher. But in this story, he could be Jesus Christ, MD. Uh, and this is, I think, about the eighth healing story that you get by this point in Mark's gospel. Uh, Jesus, the great healer. Uh, a couple of decades ago, I injured my hand with a chainsaw. And I would love to bore you with all the details, but I've only been given 14 minutes, so I can't do that. And, uh, but anyway, I came to Asheville and a wonderful doctor did surgery on me and I was healed. And he charged me $10,000. To, to do that healing. Jesus does it for free. And uh, I, I remember being in a Bible study and uh, somebody said, how, how come you get all these healing, these miraculous healings in, in the Gospels? And uh, someone said, well, have you ever heard Jesus preach? You've heard him teach? <laughs> Uh, it's, it doesn't attract a lot of people, so he does a little healing 
on the side to attract people. And, and it, it, it appears to work. They've got these crowds now following him, these people clamoring uh, to be healed. And so Jesus does a kind of bait and switch. He lures them in with the healing, and then he drops on them his teaching, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, uh, give without reserve to the poor. Uh, well, I said, hey, if the healings from Jesus were a ploy to attract people to discipleship, all I know is it didn't work. Uh, the next time we see a big crowd around Jesus, it won't be there to hear him teach or watch him heal. It's going to be a crowd around the cross. And they won't be saying, heal me. They'll be saying, crucify him. Uh, notice that we, we don't know this woman's name. She has no name. Uh, we know Mary Magdalene's name. Mary Magdalene was a disciple of Jesus at the beginning and stayed with him all the way. She was at the foot of the cross. Mary Magdalene was there. At, after he was crucified, she went to care for his body uh, there in the garden. We know her name, we, we don't know this woman's name. Uh, she probably therefore was not a follower of Jesus. She, uh, she was not among his disciples. Uh, she was healed and maybe she was grateful for being healed. But don't you think it's interesting? We, we never hear from her again. In fact, we never hear from anybody that Jesus healed ever again. You can look at the records of the early church in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. You won't find anybody there who said, well, I was suffering from this horrible back condition. I couldn't work. I couldn't provide for my family. Then I prayed to Christ. He healed me. And that's the reason that I'm on the church finance committee uh, in, in gratitude for what he did. You, you might think that maybe when Jesus was being arrested and led to his cross, maybe this dear woman would have come forward and said, don't do this to this good man. I was suffering under diverse physicians, nothing. I just touched him, I was healed. Don't do, no. They're healed and they're never heard from again. In fact, Jesus says to her, go. Go, go, go your way. Yeah. Uh, Paul, establishing churches all over the Mediterranean world, Paul says, I suffered with a thorn in the flesh, whatever that ailment was. And he said, I prayed repeatedly to God to be healed. And the answer Paul got was, no. And maybe, maybe you don't hear from any of the, the sick, the once sick again, because, well, one of the benefits, maybe the only benefit of being sick, 
is it when you're sick? You are relieved of all moral responsibility. Nobody expects sick people to be polite. Nobody expects people in pain to be considerate of other people. I am never more narcissistic and self-centered than, than when I'm ill. You, it, it's, it, you get attention. Some of you maybe say, I wish my pastor would visit me. Well, your pastor is very busy. It's a large congregation. But if you want a visit from your pastor, get sick. That's the, but you can't just get sick. You got to get really, really sick because your pastor is very busy. But if you get really sick, you'll get a visit. In fact, I remember as a pastor, I walked into a hospital room with this man and he said, Preacher, what's a surprise to see you here? And then the man said, Ooh, maybe I'm sicker than my doctors told me I was. <laughs> if you're here. Uh, and maybe that's why Jesus said to this woman, Go, go, you've suffered enough. Go, go. But just four chapters earlier, the Gospel of Mark begins with Jesus telling 12 people, not go, but come, follow me. Uh, and then later in the Gospel, he says, and by the way, if you do follow me, then you're going to suffer because of me. Jesus healed people, yeah, miraculously. But he didn't heal everybody that was in pain with who he came in contact. He didn't heal Paul. And those he healed are never heard from again. Uh, they may have been grateful, yeah, but they are not listed as disciples. Uh, and thus, I here's the point of my sermon. I wanted to have three points, but I only got 14 minutes. Uh, but the point of my sermon is maybe, maybe, Jesus is about more important work, even than healing. And that maybe Jesus is better, even than an incredibly effective, unbelievably cheap doctor. Uh, and maybe that's surprising to hear, because, well, the biggest overly built, expensive, uh, and maybe ineffective uh, building in Asheville is the hospital. And I know I go into churches sometimes and they have prayer requests. And the pastor says, are there prayer requests? You never hear any prayer requests for, any, for God to do anything but to heal us of our diverse diseases. Uh, usually for the deterioration of older adults. Uh, that, that's the whole purpose of prayer. Even though the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' model prayer, never mentions sickness. Or maybe, maybe, 
Jesus is about more than this. In Mark's gospel, there are places where Jesus heals people, and then he says something curious to them. He says, don't you dare tell anybody I healed you. Don't, don't, you, don't, don't mention this to anybody. Oh. Maybe. It's because Jesus is about something greater even than physical or mental health. Uh, if I had the time, I bet I could go around in the congregation, and I bet there are people here this morning, because I've met many people like this in every church I served, people whose lives have had a lot of pain, people who are abused as a child, people who have suffered racial injustice and horrible wounds inflicted by the cruelty and bigotry of other people, people who are in mental anguish, people addicted to various chemical substances, people who've prayed, Lord, deliver me. And they've gone ahead and they followed Jesus anyway. Jesus did not give them the lives they thought they had to have. Rather, he gave, they gave him the life that he wanted. It, for them, and I bet many of you, uh, Jesus said, hey, I, I'm not going to fix your life the way you'd like it fixed, uh, but I am going to use you for what I'm doing to fix the world. I'm not your personal therapist. I'm the savior of the whole world. Uh, uh, I'm saying that when Jesus said, follow me, that's much more indicative of who Jesus is and what Jesus is about than when Jesus says, go. Your faith has made you well. When I was chaplain at Duke, I, I took a student to lunch. I'd met him his freshman year. I invited him to come to the chapel. And in three years of university, he had never set foot in the chapel. So I said to him, how come you've been a student here this long? You haven't come to hear me preach at the chapel. And I said, you know, I think you'd be better for it. Uh, because, uh, you know, the university can be a lonely place. And, you, you know, you could meet some friends if you'd come to the chapel to work, people with values similar to yours. Uh, I know, you know, when you're a college student, you got a lot of questions about things. Well, may you might get, through my sermons, you might get some answers to your pressing questions. You, uh, do you like classical music? We got a great music program. You'd, you'd love the music, I think. And he said to me, no, uh, you know, uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, said, you know, this is a very selective university. The students here are very smart. And I said, what, what's your point? 
And he said, I think they're smart enough to know that if they got out of bed on a Sunday morning and if they got dressed and if they came down the chapel and if Jesus should, uh, like, use your sermon to jump them, uh, I think they're smart enough to know their lives would become even more out of their control and even more difficult to live than they already are. And frankly, I got enough on my plate right now without Jesus trying to mess with me, okay? And I said, that is the best reason I have ever heard for not coming to church. That is surprisingly intelligent. Uh, that is so good, I'm going to do that in needlepoint and frame it and put it at the front door of Duke Chapel. Hey, narcissistic, self-centered, overly self-concerned Americans, don't you dare come in this church. If you don't want to risk being enlisted by Jesus. At seminary, I asked students, uh, hey, how'd you, how'd you get here to seminary? What, what brought you to divinity school? And this woman wrote, well, I felt like Jesus was calling me. I told him, I said, Jesus, I've got this anxiety disorder. And... Uh, uh, this isn't good timing for me, the ages of my children, this is not the right. And I said, yes. And she said, Jesus said to me, I don't care. I'm going to still make you a disciple whether you feel good about it or not. 